Welcome to Marathon Swim Stories. It's me, Shannon, marathon swimmer, mom, wife, and coach at Intrepid Water. In this episode, I spoke with an ultramarathon swimmer and the author of Let's Do Something Different. I love Graham's approach to marathon swimming and life. His first open water swim, which he endeavored to sort out back issues, was across the English Channel. A great storyteller, Graham also tells me how he prefers to train whenever and however he wants, never going into a workout with a plan. The total body confusion method of training is intended to help marathon swimmers be ready for whatever nature throws at them. Seems like a good idea if you ask me. Enjoy. Um, well, okay. Well, growing up in Zimbabwe in Africa, I did a lot of sport. I was a, I did, I was into horse riding. I was into sailing. I was into rugby. I was into swimming, triathlons. So I did a fair amount of sport. Um, uh, didn't necessarily, I didn't necessarily go national for swimming purely because of the reason that I lived at a, I was a border. I don't know if you understand what a border is. I lived at the school and the school that actually where they did the national train, the national squad training was like about, about 10 minute cycle away, but because they're still, oh no, about a 20 minute cycle away, but because they started at like four in the morning, that would have meant me cycling at like half past three. Uh, so they did want me to, they did give me some sets of that to do it myself, but, as a teenager, doing it on your own was just pretty boring. So I never, I never really went national from that. I did, I did go national for my. Well, I did sail internationally, um, and I did horse ride nationally as well. So, and then basically, when I left Africa, I came overseas to, well, started off in the Mediterranean, um, working on super yachts. Then I basically came over to London, and that's where my sporting life stopped. Uh, and then about 12 years later, um, in 2007, uh, I'd been living the life of Riley in London, ate too much, drank too much, smoked too much. My, bo- my, bo- my body was, my body was telling me that I, w- I was doing all the wrong things. Um, and I actually developed back problems. Uh, so I developed quite severe back problems and I sort of, went to the pool and did a little bit of training and my brother then came up to me and said to me in 2007 because he realized that I was not going the right direction he's like well how about we do something different next year and I said well what do you want to do he says well let's go and swim the English channel so my immediate response to that was well that's for stupid people why would why would you want to go and swim across to France when there's when there's when there's boats and planes and that that can take you and why, really, why would you want to? He did try and convince me, but he dropped it after a while. But my back problem still persisted. So uh, I then ended up at a physio um, and a friend of mine. And he asked me a question. And the question was along the lines of, um, what supports what? Does your spine support your muscles or your muscles support your spine? I didn't really know the answer. So he said, well, they actually work symbiotically. They work together. So 
And I said, well, how does that help me? And he says, well, one thing I can suggest is go and get your back manipulated or sorted out with an osteopath or whatever, and then get fit quickly. So I was sort of like, okay, the first part was easy. I can go and get, get my osteo sorted out. But the getting fit quickly after you haven't exercised for 12 years was a bit of a challenge. And that's when the two, con after that, I, I, was, I was swimming at a master's club, but I was sort of like, I never had a goal or anything. And I sort of like worked my way up through the master's group from the slow lane to the medium lane to the top of the fast lane. And that's when it's sort of like the two conversations between my brother and my physio sort of like came into one and sort of like said, well, maybe I should look at swimming the English Channel. Um, so I did. I did lots of research. Um, in those days, you could book it the next year, uh, which, was, which was great for me because I'm, I'm not a long-term oriented goal person. I don't do long-term goals. So eventually I did, made, made a few inquiries and Alison Streeter, I don't know if you know Alison Streeter? Yeah. She okay. came back to me and she was my pilot. Wow. So she had hung up, she'd hung up her, 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 her swimming trunks and she'd gone into uh, English Channel piloting. Oh, wow. Um, and she only did it for about three years, I think it was. Her brother still does it now, but she only did it for about three years. Um, so Alison came back and said, yeah, I've got a slot in 11 months' time. How about it? And I was sort of like, okay, <laughs> let's do this. And it, it didn't really become real until you pay the, the, you pay the, the deposit. And then, then when, you, when, when your bank balance empties, it's like, okay, <laughs> what this is done? real now. <laughs> yeah. And that was my very first open water swim, so the English Channel. So, the very um, first open water swim? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, from that perspective, I'm relatively unique in in the swimming world because most people would think about working their way up to an English Channel swim, whereas I figured, well, um, the reason the reasons I did it as well was I'm generally a lazy person, which is why I don't train very hard. Um, I need something that was going to move me outside my comfort zone pretty, pretty spectacularly. Because of my history in sport, doing a 5K swim or a 10K swim for me, I could get through it. Probably not that well, but I could get through it with no training. So I needed something to really put myself out of my comfort zone and actually force me into training properly. So that's the reason why I took on the English Channel. Um, uh, for no other reason. Um, I didn't want to do it. I never desired to do it. Um, it was only when I started reading about it that actually I, I started feeling quite nervous because this was for exceptional people and I was clearly not that exceptional. So, um, uh, and and reading, reading, reading the blogs actually got me made got me down it got me down quite badly because mm. because of the fact that i don't physically train a lot and you read the blogs about people who are training 20 50 kilometers a week and these are the people who are taking on a channel swim as well and here i am sort of doing 15 kilometers a week if that and i'm sort of like thinking well 
I, I got quite depressed because of it until I actually started training with someone who was also doing a long swim, not the channel, but a long swim. And I realized that basically, yeah, whilst I might not be doing 50 kilometers, I'm my 15 kilometers, which was probably three times a week, five kilometer sets were very, very, very intense. I've always trained on my own. I've never had a coach. I train myself. I make up my I make up my, my my training on the fly. I don't ever arrive with a training set in my head. I literally just go there and I just start my swim and I make it up as I go along. One of the reasons behind that is um, I don't know if you've probably heard of the the term total body confusion. Um, so basically, you 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 don't know what to expect when you go into a training set. You don't know what to expect. So. One minute, one minute, I'll be doing a kilometer. The next minute, I'll be doing 25-meter sprints. And after that, I'll be doing 500 meters sets or something like that. So it was always mixed up. It was always mixed up. And um, I never really built – I never had a set in mind. I just literally rocked up at the pool and said, right, I'm going to swim. And if it was for an hour, it was for an hour. If it was to two hours, it was two hours. But um, I never really – had a coach and with my swimming for my endurance training specifically, I always used to start off my sets with like a 500 meter. And then whether I was doing 4k, 5k, 8k or whatever, I would finish off my, my last, my last part of the part of the 8k or whatever with 500 meters. And that had to be faster than the one I'd started with. And if I was doing like a set, if I, if I was doing like a set of, 10 by 100s, I would sort of like figure out what my cruising speed is and I'd literally just negative split all the way through. So my last one would be about 30 seconds faster than my first one. But that was basically one of the key points about my training was to, especially to build up my endurance, was basically not start off fast, start off slow, just build yourself up. So. And so that was the start of what's been a 12 year 12 year passion really um and why do you um, continue to swim marathons <laughs> um why do i continue to swim marathons um not because of the marathon swimming it's because of the people that i meet and the places that i go um i've met some amazing people around the world um i did leave marathon swimming for a while straight after the channel i went and kayaked across scotland and cycled up britain and played five rounds of golf in a day and raised a hundred thousand pounds for charity. And so, so I, I, I left it for about a, about two years. Uh, and my next swim would have been Lake Zurich. Um, so I actually left it for, I, le I left it for about three years actually, because I, I sort of left it for two years and then I applied for Lake Zurich and Lake Zurich is quite a popular swim in Europe. So it's 27, 26 kilometers. Um, it's quite popular. It's very difficult to get into. So you will unlikely get in on your first, first attempt. So I didn't get in the first year. So I carried on with my cycling and that, and then I got in the, the next year and that was my next big swim basically. And since then I've just carried on with marathon swimming. Um, I haven't really gone. I mean, I do a bit of kayaking because of, with my wife and that, but I don't necessarily 
do anything else competitively anymore. So. Can you describe um, that feeling of, or yeah, describe the feeling of completing a marathon swim? How does that feel for you? Um, a bit of a relief. Um, um, because of my training, I can't really say, there's only, one, there's only one swim which I've really been proud of completing, and that's probably Loch Lomond. Um, and the reason why I say that is basically probably due to the fact that I don't actually train because every marathon swim that I've got out of, I've come out quite well and I've, I've felt great. And my, my overriding question is, well, what could you have done if you'd actually done some training? <laughs> yeah, I, I've had the same feeling. So, so, <laughs> right there, right there. so yeah, I've, I mean, I've, all my really long swims I've succeeded very very well um i've done i'm generally one of the faster swimmers so um um I, my channel time was about 11:45 which is about 2 3 hours ahead of the average sort of thing so is there anything that you haven't completed do you have any dnfs the only one i haven't completed is um you probably have something in the states similar which is what they call the, the champion of champions in Dover Harbour, where you swim for you swim five miles and then you get out, and then you go back in and you swim three miles and then you get out and you go back in and you swim one mile. Um, the water temperatures are probably about about thirteen fourteen degrees, uh, which is about. 55, 58, and your money, I think, somewhere around there. Yeah. So it's pretty chilly. And the one I didn't complete, the, the boy drifted, or the buoy drifted. So the five mile turned into, I knew I could do five miles into, in 10 degree water or, or like 55 degree water quite comfortably. But the boy drifted, and I ended up swimming 8.6 miles, or we ended up swimming 8.6. But I, I, had not been, I had not been prepared for that because I, I, had, I didn't feed. I didn't feed at all, um, and when I got to the time which I would expect, I would have finished plus half an hour. I sort of like said, "Okay, I'm done," and they said, "No, you still got like four laps to go." And I was like, "Really?" So, so I got out of that, and I was hypothermic basically. So oh man! I just, I just, I just didn't actually. I, I hadn't prepared properly for it. Um, I had prepared for the five mile, but I hadn't prepared for. Eight. <laughs> eight, 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 nine miles sort of thing. Yeah. Was there anything, particular learnings from that experience that you took away? Yeah, not to do it again. <laughs> and rather, I now, I now go and help out with Kai. I help them out. I'm the race director. I've been the race director a few times and I've helped them out kayak support and that sort of stuff. So, so I might do it again, but it's not, it's not a, it's not a, um, it's not a format I enjoy. Hmm. Um, the the getting getting in getting out is not a format I enjoy. I, I, I prefer the just put, get in, put your head down, ten fifteen hours later, sixteen hours later, whatever, get out sort of thing. Yeah. I'm not one of these people who likes it. Okay, get out. I have done it in the pool. The twin. We have a similar one, which is the twenty four hour miles in twenty four hours. Yeah. I don't know if you do that format. I've I've heard of people doing it. I haven't myself. Yeah. So so it's a, it's one mile an hour on the hour every hour. So yeah. 
So I'd swim a mile in like 23 minutes. Then you get out, you've got 35 minutes before you get back in again. Yeah. But that that's in a pool, which is heated. So so it's about no. it's a lot warmer. So. Yeah, yeah. But it is very, very grueling format though, especially the 24-hour one because it's overnight sort of thing. So Yeah, yeah. From 8, 8 o'clock, 8 a.m. Saturday morning till 8 a.m. Sunday morning. So. Yeah, it sounds fun to me. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Where's your uh, favorite place to swim? I would say the favorite place that I've swum so far is probably Scar, actually. Um, and one of the reasons for that is the, the, the camaraderie. that Because it's a four-day event, you get to meet people and you get to spend time with them over the four days. Um, there's not a lot of formats out there like that, really. And I, I really enjoyed Scar. Um, um, my, my next best individual swim is probably, um, probably Lake Zurich, actually. Lake Zurich in Switzerland. So. Um, and those are, so I was kind of trying to distinguish like a place that you really like going. Would you consider Scar that place like that you just like to go swim or is that, would that be more like your favorite events? Uh, a place I love to go swimming is is Africa, but um, yeah, we've got crocodiles and hippos, which are probably not, yeah. Um, they're a bit bigger than my, bit bigger than I am. So, so <laughs> I, deadly. I mean, I, I have looked at a few in South Africa, in uh, Malawi, which uh, this year it was canceled. I um, might go next year. Which is a twenty-one kilometer, twenty-one kilometers from I think it is, across uh, Lake Tanganyika. I think it is. So I've, I have looked at that one. Um, my father's trying to do, get me to do Kariba, which is a, a lake where I'm born in Zimbabwe. It's the biggest man-made lake in the world, so it's a three hundred kilometer swim. It would be a it would be a stage thing, but um, because it's full of crocodiles and that, I'd probably have to do it with in, in a cage. Wow. Yeah, Is that on the radar. Um, when my when when my wife is not listening, yeah, <laughs> I'd love I'd love to try it, but it's 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 hot. The temperatures are really really hot there, um, so I'd probably be swimming from like probably swimming if I if I did ever do it, it would probably be uh, starting at three o'clock in the morning sort of thing. Oh wow! So I'd, I'd swim, like I, would, I, I wouldn't be swimming. I would. It's hot all the all year round there, wow. so I wouldn't be swimming during the day. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd Is swim th three till about nine, ten, and then maybe um, four till six, sort of thing, in the afternoons. Oh, it's wow. not something you could do. You'd, you'd you'd get totally roasted. You'd get totally even with zinc oxide on. You'd get totally roasted. Right. Yeah. Wow. Um, how, how about um, when you're swimming or, or not swimming? How do you adapt to changing conditions? How do I adapt to changing conditions? Well, um, I actually spend a lot of time in my head. Um, so I spend a lot of time in my head, uh, and most of my training is done in my head anyway. Um, I generally will adapt my stroke uh, depending on what the conditions are. Um, uh, if, I, if, if it's a nice smooth smooth swim, I've got a much longer stroke than if it's really rough and really um, choppy. Then, then my stroke shortens up quite drastically and um, I do suffer from it. Um, I do spend a lot of time in my head uh, when I'm swimming though, so, so I don't necessarily 
I, I get lost. Look, most of us do. We get we get lost, um, and yeah, I generally enjoy it from that perspective. So, but I I I I, I have learned to tap my stroke depending on what sort of I'm swimming in, sort of thing. So. Have you had any crossovers there from that those experiences adapting and swimming to like adapting in other life situations? Has that carried over? Yeah, I think it has actually. Um, um, where where has it probably? I think in my job, just dealing with pressure situations and dealing and and be, becoming adaptable, um, and um, and I think it, it I think it actually helps me in most of my life because I'm not. I'm not, I've been told by my wife that I work very, very well under pressure. I, I'm, I, you, you, your next question might be, am I process or outcome driven? I'm not process driven. I'm I was going to guess. <laughs> I don't do processes. My wife does that for me. Um, I just do the outcome and I adapt very, very well to, to pressure. So I, I actually yeah. work better under pressure than I, than I did when I'm not under pressure. So. Mm-hmm. What about, um, how's the kind of quarantine period been going for you? What's been the hardest part of that situation? Um, the hardest part for me is, well, I, I've been in quarantine, but I've been working as well. So I work from home. So um, I've been doing a four-day week. Um, I still, up until very, very recently, had a 21-kilometer swim that I was training for. So I bought myself a pool, um, put it in my back garden, a, a paddling pool. So I, was, I became one of the tether swimmer gangs, so swimming on a tether. But um, actually, now that, the, now that the lake, the rivers have opened up again, I'm pretty much down the river most, most days now. So. So, so that swim you had coming up was still on or not? It was until about four days ago, then they cancelled it. So, so I was training in my pool, but uh, it wasn't a heated pool. So it was, I couldn't really go much more than about 40 minutes. Um, what was this swim you're training for? Uh, Vido Stern Simit. It's a Swedish swim. It's one of the longest swims in Sweden. I don't know yeah, if you've heard of it. That. I think I've looked yeah. into it, yeah. Yeah, so so that's been uh, postponed till next year now. So, mm-hmm. so I'm what? now swimming for fun now. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, has, have you, uh, with kind of the way that things have been wiped out and like not really being able to meet at Lakeside with, I guess you're able to see friends and stuff at the river, but with kind of the way things are going with this shutdown, have you rethought like your aspirations as a marathon swimmer or continuing marathon swimming? I think, I think, I think I'll continue it. I mean, um, I'm also a swimming coach now as well. So, um, what I have been doing, um, is just actually I haven't been I haven't been coaching per se, but I've had a lot of people ask me to help them into open water. So now that the rivers are open, the weather here is actually great at the moment. So mm-hmm. everyone's like, "Oh, we want to go open water swimming, and can you help us?" And I said, "Well, my insurance is not going to cover me, so I'm not going to charge you." But I'll, I'll um, so I've been helping a few people just getting over their fears to get into open water and um, swim with them one to one sort of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it, and and that's where my passion for this whole marathon swimming actually lies, is helping and helping other people, um, passing my knowledge on to other people, and letting them get start their journeys in life. Because the journey I've been on has been amazing. It's been wonderful. Um, 
I mean, I never ever thought 12 years ago I'd be a swimming coach. I never ever thought I'd write a book either. So I've done both that's of them. That's right. Tell us about your book. <laughs> yeah, effectively, that's effectively what it's about. It's, um, it's about um, a marathon swimming open water journey. So pretty much what I'm telling you now and the techniques I use mentally to actually prepare myself um, to, to, to get into the water and to prepare for events. Um, I spend a lot of, as I said, I spend a lot of time in my head and I, I might not physically train for a week or two or three weeks, but I'm mentally training myself every single day. So I'll do visualization. I'll, I'll do what in my mantras and that sort of stuff. And I have a whole lot of techniques, which I use, which I, I, I pretty much take, I pretty much use every day of my life. Um, so, and one of the reasons that I believe that the mental side is way more prominent than the physical side is it's, if there's something that's going to go, it's going to be your mind that's going to go first. So you've got to make sure that that's up to speed. Physical side, because I've done enough marathon swims, I know I can get through the distance and I know I can do it. So I've got that. I know I've got the ability to do it. So it's just a matter of just getting my head into the right space um, yeah. to be able to do it. Um, yeah. so. I look forward to catching your book. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, think, I think we think very similarly. So <laughs> I'd be surprised if there's anything in there that I haven't tried. <laughs> but it yeah, there, pro there probably is. I mean, but um, uh, uh, the, one thing, the one thing that I'm very, 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 um, I, 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 I'm passionate about more than my swimming is the actual psychology of different people in the sport. Because I know of some amazing swimmers who have attempted swims multiple times and not succeeded. And I know that they can do the distance. I, they've done it before in another situation. But some swims just, there's a mental block in them. Uh, so the psychology is, is, is hugely interesting to me. Um, and to, to figure out why people who I know have the physical ability just for some reason, just, and I'm sure, you know, swimmers like that. Um, they've, they've tried and tried and tried, but they just can't necessarily do it. And it's yeah. generally, it generally happens with the more iconic swims, like the 20 bridges and the Catalinas and the English channel. And people come back and try those over and over and again, but it's, it's because of the iconicness of the swim that I think that mental block actually is their sort of thing. So, yeah. So, can you share um, a favorite memory from one of your swims? Favorite memory from one of my swims was probably um, it's a tough one. <laughs> uh, a scar, actually, Roosevelt swim. Um, I was swimming, and I was, uh, you know, Mark Spratt. He's obviously, he, you know, Mark, and him and I swim at a very similar speed. So we spent the whole of scar, sort of like. Uh, either swimming next to each other or whatever, but we, we were a very similar pace and we went out in um, Roosevelt Lake and, um, and for about the first hour, it's only a 10 kilometer. So it's only a six mile swim in the, in the evening, but you swim from day to night. Um, and uh, I went out hard with Mark and after about an hour, I just thought, stop. You're never going to be in Roosevelt Lake under the stars with this amazing view ever again, maybe. So just enjoy it. So 
I just, I think I, I finished way off what I should have finished off. But I just, I think the last three miles, I think I did breaststroke or something, or backstroke. Was, I just didn't, I didn't bother the last three miles. I just floated around and enjoyed it. So, and that was probably one of one of my most memorable um, moments in swimming. So, so. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Um, how about advice? What advice would you give to an aspiring marathon swimmer? Don't get caught up in the in the process. Just go out and do it because, I mean, I know there's lots of people. We're all different. We all do different people, things differently. I don't get caught up in process at all. I just literally go out there and do things. Um, I'm not worried about my feeding. I'm not worried about how, how well I train. I don't measure my yards. I don't, uh, I don't really do any of that. I just literally train as best I can um, with the time that I have available to myself. Um, and I don't get caught up on it, but that's me. I mean, just go out and make the decision for a start and go and do it. So, yeah, I love that a lot. Mm. Um, how about a future guest? Can you recommend any future guests for us? Oh, I think I'm gonna have to do Jamie on this one and maybe send you a few. Um, she said, that... she said it was amazing. I, I, <coughs> yeah. <laughs> No, people that I think have done amazing stuff here is Mark Sheridan. Um, I don't know if you know Mark. Uh, he's done quite a few swims in the States. He's done quite a few swims over here. He's done Lac Le Mans as well, which is a 70 kilometer. I think there's only five people who have done it. Jamie's one, Mark, uh, uh, Nick Mersh, and I can't remember the other two. But And he also runs a charity event here. Uh, attend, like a, a, what is it? Uh, a 10k 100 by 100s so so and it's it's an invite only so we go there every year in memorial for a a friend of his who sadly lost his life uh whilst training on a for a triathlon so we we um go there every year a 100 by 100 in december so and he's he's a very 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 nice very inspirational guy yeah Mm. Wonderful. So. Put him down. See if he'll talk to me. <laughs> no, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. I don't have any more questions for you. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, well. I do. Your fashion. I need to hear about your training um, garments. Oh, uh, my fashion. Uh, well, <laughs> now that also comes from Scar, okay? Now, when I, when, when, when I was training for Scar, I was with my master's group. And um, one of the one of the requests was bring some drag shorts or something bulky, and I didn't bring any. So um, uh, the next day or the next week or something, I was looking on the net, and someone sent me a picture of crocheted shorts. So I then spoke to my wife, who was my support crew. She was going to be my kayaker at, at, for the event, and I said, if you were any good at your job as a support crew you would make me a pair of crochet shorts. So the, the day before I left for Scar, she, she gave them to me. I don't know, I don't know if, these, these are them, I don't know if the people, these are them. Lovely. So she, she gave these to me and, um, and said, there you go, I bought you some, some, some shorts. What she didn't realize is that they actually fitted me. <laughs> So when I arrived at SCAR for the meeting of 
I rocked up in those shorts. So um, that's why um, people know me for the man in the crochet shorts. They might not know who Grant Tucker is, but they know the man in the crochet shorts. I, and I, I have subsequently got um, got um, costumes produced in that as well, which I need to I, I need to try and order some more actually. So that's, that's lovely. So, and I, I did wear them in Italy as well. I wore them in Italy for a swim. And I was literally, there was like a thousand of us starting. Um, and I, I, I was, it was just a sea of wetsuits and me with my crocheted shorts. <laughs> and, and, and all the camera people lined up and they said like, is he going to really swim in those shorts? And I was like, my wife was there, I don't know. And literally about 10 seconds before the, the gun went off, I took them off and I had my costume <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so, uh, so that that's that's my 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 fashion statement for the swimming world. So. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Wow, no, it's a a, so wonderful to talk to you. Are you ready to swim smarter? Check out my virtual efficient swimming basics program at intrepidwater.com. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening.